0: Hey guys, my name is Ka'eo, and I'm excited to join you for one last time. Um, So go ahead and turn uh, your Bibles to chapter 9. We're going to be in verse 3, all right? Chapter 9, verse 3 in Daniel. Um, And so before we get even there, I just want to say, look, I recognize it was tough here, but you guys had some good attitudes. I'm proud of you. Um, competition can be healthy. Um, it can be at times, <laughs> and, uh, but we're going to be talking about a lot of it uh, today, about how we can make sure that we are always healthy in that space. So it's a good time. Um, but hey, look, it's been a great week with all of you and I want to say two things before we get started. The first thing, an encouragement and a rally. Whenever you worship, remember that we worship as if the king is in the same room. All right? And so that's just an encouragement to you. I tell that to you and my high schoolers as well, is when we are in a space of worship, we're going to be able to do that later in Victory Circle. Um, but I, I have my youth pastor always tell me, we sing like God is in the room. We already know he is but we sing like he's in the room. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I'm not going um, to say any judgments to you, but I would wonder if Jesus was standing in the room and that's how I worshipped, would that be worthy of the king who saved me? So I'm just going to encourage you with that. It's a challenge, right? And remember, we don't rise to our challenges. We fall to our training. And so we want to make sure that we are always living a life that honors and reflects who? God, right? Because he is our King. And that's kind of what the video talked about, how we're always going to be constantly living a life that honors who? God, right? Even when we feel like he's not there, okay? So that's just an encouragement and challenge for you, um, my friends. And so, but look, before we kind of even get started, remember we walked through a lot of things this week and tonight we're going to be looking forward. So we're going to be, I wish we could just stay up here forever, um, but we can't. And, uh, and so, we're going to be talking about tonight what it's to look like when you go back home. But before we even get there, and as you're turning to uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, I want to acknowledge some heroes in the room. Um, because this week would not have been possible without them. So, first, it's the band... I'll be honest, I don't remember all their camp names. I know their actual names, but I don't remember their camp names. I think it's Stuff, Lava, Maple, and Brecky, right? Yes, okay. Uh, And then also our uh, team in the back, we have Jackson and Bus Driver, right? They're awesome. Literally, this would, not, this would not happen if Jackson didn't help me out, so I'm so grateful for Jackson. Uh, your, uh, hey, an encouragement to all of you, um, although this is uh, Thursday night, you said Friday morning, so I encourage you to say thank you to the Hume staff whenever you see them. Uh, some of them might be uh, a trout. Peaches, Sunday, Rango, Dash, Boots, Cove, Kiwi, Winnie, Whopper, Oats and Flippers. So we're going to do, when I count to three, we're going to do one big clap for them. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> and then, of course, Biscuit, right? Yes, we're thankful for them. They're pretty stellar. Now, Now, look, look. Finally, there's a group of people... Um, who I look up to, I think, or who are giants of the faith, um, and that is your counselors, leaders, parents, and teachers. So we'll have them. If, they, if they're if teachers, parents, counselors, the ones who came up here this week for your crew, do you mind standing up for me? Yeah, let's give them a round of applause. Give it up for them. All right. Here we go. We're going to go ahead and finish off the celebrations with a one, two, three, and a clap, okay? So you clap one time, and that's the end. Ready? And one, two, three. All right, okay, so if you have your notes, go ahead and uh, we're going to recap what we've been doing since, uh, uh, since Monday night all the way until now. So Monday night, remember, we found Daniel and his friends, take, they were taken what? Yeah, prisoners or captives by King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. All right, and that was a country and a culture that was polar opposite of their own where they would live as exiles. And we dove into just how different the culture was, and we realized it wasn't much different from our own, right, Uh, from our own culture. Remember, I said God always has a plan. plan." Tuesday morning, we walked with Daniel and his friends as they came up against a moment of opposition and attack on their faith, where they're going to be forced to eat food. That God explicitly commanded them not to do so. And then Daniel and his friends trusted the Lord, and they were resilient, and they respectfully declined. Remember, Daniel was what? Resolved in his heart, right? And so we remembered, uh, this is when we learned that we don't rise to the challenge. We fall to our training. And our training is to get rooted into whose word? God's. Tuesday night, Daniel, we, we walked through the story about Daniel interpreting King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, um, even though uh, he didn't even know, but the Lord told him about it, and that's because of his prayer and dependence on the Lord. After the dream is told and interpreted to King Nebuchadnezzar, he praises the Lord, and yet still has yet to surrender his whole entire life to the real king. Because of his lack of surrender, we recognize um, what that sin not only affects us, but who? Others, okay, and then Neb builds a statue and tells uh, that everyone has to bow down. And Daniel, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah—they like don't. Uh, those three end up getting sent to the fiery furnace. And then what happens? Yeah, they get to walk out. Jesus was in there with him, all right. And then so we learn that hey, God is in the midst of our trials, and he wants—and what the world wants us to use to seek to destroy us. God flips it on its head and uses it to grow us, right? And remember, we learned on Tuesday night, God promises to always be what? With us, okay? So if you haven't taken notes, that's on there. All right, Wednesday morning, we saw Nebuchadnezzar yet again proclaim himself to be the ultimate king. He chooses what instead? Starts with S and then N. Chooses sin instead of the Lord, and then he pays for it and then after that we realized right the reality of just like our sin it separates us from the king right we learned that sin overpromises and underdelivers sin is like cotton candy right that's what we learned and then last night we got to see that that is not the end of the story right that Jesus uh, is the one that rescues us in the same way that Daniel paid for the sin of who? Remember that king, right? Darius, Darius, right? By going into the lion's den, Jesus paid for our sin by taking it to the cross. And for both Daniel and Jesus, remember how the stone was over their tombs and they were rolled away in the morning and we find them fully alive. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, the debt of sin is paid for and forgiveness in eternal life can be received. Remember that? We talked about that last night. We learned, right, that we also ha- we have that opportunity and that gift to receive from Jesus, that God is our Savior and also our Lord, right? Just say yes. <laughs> That's good. Great job. All right, so that leads us to tonight, okay? And so tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, the kind of towards the end of the story of Daniel... Uh, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah. And what I love about this is as we end, we're actually going to find Daniel in a place that he has always been. What chapter are we in? What verse? Three. All right, here we go. Read it with me. This is Daniel's prayer, and I think it's really sweet. All right, so let's read it. It says, "'Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer, and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes.'" I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O oh Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Verse 6, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Verse 7, to you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as at this day the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all of Israel, those who are near and those who are far away in the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery that they have committed against you. Verse 8, to us, O Lord, belongs, oh, sorry, verse 9, to the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. So, like, Daniel in his prayer uh, with the Lord here equips you and me, so it demonstrates to you and me a vital step in walking with Jesus in, with resilience in a hostile culture. what I'm trying to say here is, Listen, there's one thing to embrace the gospel at a point in time, all right? So that's what we did last night. And there's another thing to, therefore, embrace the gospel over time, right? Really quickly, (laughs) are you perfect? No. No. Some of you said yes, and in that moment, you then just demonstrated that you are not perfect, okay? And so uh, we are not perfect. It's so unfortunate we're not. We like to believe that we can be, and it's unfortunate that we are not all right. And what I want you to see in Daniel's prayer is this idea of embracing the gospel. First, he recognizes that God is awesome, righteous, full of steadfast love. And in the midst of that, we rejected his kingdom and rule of love, right? We wanted to be our own king. And Daniel demonstrates that. And yet, the Lord made a way for us to come back. He sent his one only son. His name is. Jesus, so that we wouldn't perish, right, that we would have eternal life with him. And remember what I said last night, in Jesus alone, you are fully known, fully loved, fully forgiven, fully accepted. Yes, right? In, in, friends, in Jesus alone, you are fully known, fully loved, fully forgiven, and fully <laughs> accepted. And like Daniel, we need to embrace this. And like many of us did last night, we did it at a point in time. And over time, we need to remind ourselves each and each other daily that I am the Lord's and my home isn't here. The reason why I want to share that right now is because I said we're not perfect. And what happens often, just, I'll just talk to myself, what happens often is we really have a great time up here. We go back down the mountain. And what's so funny is, although we change, our environment hasn't. We go back, and the world is just the same. The world didn't have the experience up at Hume like you did. The world didn't get to be refreshed and be renewed or be reminded of God's grace and God's goodness. You did. So now we go back to a place that's fully back what it used to be, a.k.a. modern Babylon, and then you're like, hey, wait, (laughs) but God is good, or God promises that he's with us. Wait, sin is like cotton candy. We shouldn't overindulge in that. And the world says, what are you talking about? And this is why... I would argue, right, that we need to remember that we need each other and we need to remember our training, okay? We have to remember that we have to be dependent on the Lord. And what I want to say right now is you'll go back and maybe some of you decided, you know what, Ka'eo, I'm going to go ahead and like read my Bible more. You know what, Ka'eo, I'm going to go ahead and pray more. You know what, Ka'eo, I'm going to get up at 5 in the morning and do a devotional. You know what, Ka'eo, I'm going to start going to church every single time the doors are open. You know what, Ka'eo, I'm going to, and you insert whatever you decided you want to do better. The problem is, is remember when I talked about our wills? Remember my will with ice cream? It's not great. Our resolve means nothing if it's not founded on what? On Christ. Okay? I need you to hear this. It is not Christianity. Your walk with the Lord, your discipleship with Jesus, your relationship with Christ literally has nothing to do with you and everything to do with who? Jesus. All right? You cannot, I really want you to hear this. You cannot just become a perfect Christian. And I don't want you to be an academic Christian. I don't want you to be a professional Christian. I want you to be dependent on Jesus. Remember how I told you God doesn't necessarily care what you do. He cares more about your what? Your heart. If your motivation to do better is to earn God's love, we miss the point. We miss the point. We miss the point. Say, I missed the point. I missed the point. But if you go ahead and say, hey, I want to do these things because I want to be closer to God or I want to have, build a stronger relationship with God or I need God, that's the heart that God is looking for. Remember how I told you you are already loved when remember what the four things i said in jesus you are what fully known fully loved fully forgiven and this part that's so hard for us to accept we are fully accepted okay you don't have to earn salvation if it was a what gift i really need you to hear that Okay, I really need you to hear that. That's what it means to embrace the gospel over time, recognizing, right, the good news that we could not, remember the monkey, we could not what? Save ourselves, right? We couldn't pull ourselves out of it. Who had to come get us? God, right? Jesus, okay? Even in your relationship, even with your relationship with God, you still need who? God, is this relationship with yourself? Your relationship is with who? Who? God. So then therefore does God need to be a part of the equation? Yes. yes. A lot of times like to think our relationship with God is only ourselves. I pray, I go in God's word. This is it. I'm figuring it out for myself. Please, 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 please. Remember that in this whole thing, the reason why all the kings failed was who what happened to themselves? Their pride got in the way. And they start looking at themselves as what? Gods. In your time with the Lord, please, 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 come with a dependence on Christ, not a dependence on you. Okay? That's what it means to embrace the gospel over time. Remember, the gospel was what? The good news that Jesus came to save us, right, because we couldn't save ourselves. So we need to embrace it over time. Every day, I need to remember that I cannot do this by my Self, but I need God, okay? That's important. The second thing that we see in Daniel's life, right, is remember how he's talked about the resolve. It matters what your foundation is on, right? Foundation should be in God's word, okay? We need to cling to his scripture. There's so many times in the video, right, that she was always like, hey, we need to look at the what? Survival guide. Survival guide. How often are you opening this up being like, hey, I need to look at what God says. What does God say about my, my fight with my friends? What does God say about my, uh, my, how I should listen to my parents? What does God say about how I should learn to forgive people? What does God say when things are tough? What does God say when things are going well? What does God say? What does God say? Okay, that is what Daniel did. Scripture tells us in Psalm 119, verse 9 through 11, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you're always saying, "Kaeo," I am always sinning, which is, I think, all of us, okay? Because we just said that we're not what? Perfect. Then what did the psalmist write? We should always we should start storing up what? God's word in our where. Remember where I said your resolve should be? It should be at a what level? A heart level. Do you see what I'm getting at? They need to be founded where? In God's word, right? Okay, great job. Alright, okay, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left. Eyes down. Eyes up. Eyes to your left, eyes down, eyes back at me. Excellent. Some of you guys are back up. We love that. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, look, when we get into God's word, it strengthens us and equips us, and it instructs us on how to live, all right? Now, have you ever, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and was like, uh, oh, I need to go ahead and get something, right? And then you get up, and you're like, ooh, and you get some water. And I'm always like, okay, I got it. You feel for the wall, and then you hit your foot on something. Ever happened before? Or you step on the thing that your mom told you to pick up off the ground in your room, right? Okay, listen. <laughs> or you fall off, right? Uh, it happens all the time. What's actually worse is I feel like when, when I get up, my eyes actually still adjust to the dark, so it's actually not that bad. But then so I turn on the light, open the fridge, get my water, get it done, put it in the sink, and then I have to go back into my room, and that's when the things go crazy. Right? When I go up to the refrigerator, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I really want some mint chip ice cream. Right? And then after that, I'm like, ugh. It's a late night snack, and I need to get back. I close all the lights. And the next thing you know, I trip over my cat, trip over the dog bowl. I make a big commotion. I hit the laundry room door, because my wife told me to put the thing closed, and I left it open. And I get to the room, and she's like, what are you doing? I thought someone was breaking into the house. And I was like, uh, so sorry, I can't see you. <laughs> right? That is what happens when we stumble through the world without God's word. Okay? Psalm 119, same chapter. Seems like a pretty good chapter. Verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Ever feel like you're lost? Don't know what to do? <sighs> Blink twice if you feel like you've had, you had no idea what to do one time. Yeah, what's so funny is you, at this point we could be flying the amount of times we blinked for that one. Or if you ever felt lost, right? My favorite movie is Stitch because uh, he kind of walks through the park, or uh, Leland Stitch, walks in the park, he runs away from home, and then he reads this little book, and he goes, I'm lost. And that part's my favorite because he's op- he has a book open. And that always reminds me, when I'm lost, I better open this book because that's what's gonna tell me where to go, all right? God's word teaches us that God can be trusted because of his character. There is story after story in this book about how God has shown up when people thought there was nothing we could do anymore. When God rescued people, there is stories time and time again. Even Jesus was like, hey God, I'm in a garden and things are pretty tough right now. I'm gonna pray to you I think we could take a beat from Jesus too, right? He gave us a a book with 66 books in it so that we can see him and see that he is good and that his love endures forever and his kingdom shall never end and nothing that this world could do could ever get in the way. And when we are grounded in who God is, we're able to stand with resolve and resilience when we live in a world that isn't fair. Now, I talked about how we have to embrace the gospel over time. We have to recognize that we're not perfect and we need Jesus, we have a dependence on God. Then I talked about how our resolve has to be founded where, in who? In God, and in specifically in what? Because this instructs us how to what? Live. Now, if I don't talk about this, this would be the most unkind thing I've ever done in my life. I have to talk about how we treat one another. Okay, I just have to. Because it is in God's word that he specifically says, People will know. People will know me, Jesus, by how you love one another. People will know. Hey, like, if, again, disclaimer, if that went across the board, it would say, you are most likely people's first impression of Jesus. If someone who didn't know God met you and you say, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus, I went to Hume, I had an experience, I made a decision for the Lord, and then they say, okay, that's what a Christian should be, you are someone's first impression of Jesus. And so I, I don't, look, I wonder what they would say. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Write it down. Matt, M-A-T-T, dot, chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus is doing a sermon on the mount, and he says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We love people with the love of Jesus and not view them as the enemy, but as people who are just deceived by the enemy in need of love and forgiveness from the Lord. Look, I'm going to tell you one story that does not make me look really pretty, and that's okay. Okay. Because I'm not perfect. In high school, we started doing like this prayer circle before lunch. And it was like just a bunch of denominations coming together. All the people who love Jesus in our school, we come together and we pray together. And we invited one of our friends. She wasn't a believer. Her and her friends weren't a believer. And we're like, hey, just come. You can just be a part of our circle. It's great. And then we go to lunch. And then at our lunch table, all my friends were gossiping about her and her friends and unfortunately, I also participated in the gossip. And then what happened was, she walked by and she what? She heard it. So then she, decide, she dropped her plate and said, I thought you guys love God. And then I said, we do? And then she says, if that was true, you say your gospel is love and yet your words are like daggers. You say that there is no shame and condemnation in Christ and yet at your table, that's all I have. And so when I would see her at the prayer circle again, she would look at us and say, you guys, don't, you guys don't believe in what you say. You are no different than me, so why should I follow Jesus? It was at that moment when I realized that words matter, <laughs> and I'm someone's first impression of Jesus. It is important how we respond to each other, not just the ones who don't believe, but even the ones who do believe, because people are always watching. People are always watching. And in the world that we live in now, people never forget. I have to deal with that. I literally, on the way here, before I came up to Hume, I had to deal with a student who said something online, and then that will never get taken away. I'm going to share something with you that I share with all my interns. All right, so I believe that we can, with our training this week, we can get to that level. Write down first, number one, Peter 3 15 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. What book? 1st Peter. What chapter? 3. What verse? 15. If you forget anything I have said this week, I pray that you will always remember this verse. It says, But in your hearts, honor Christ. Step one. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Remember where I said your resolve should be at a what level? But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Most of the time, people stop there. And they say, I should be able to tell people why I believe in what I believe. Hey, you need to go follow Jesus. Do you know where you're going after you die? And they just go ahead and berate people. They just attack them, being like, hey, your belief is false. This is my defense. This is what Jesus is doing. You know what the best defense is? It's offense, (laughs) What's so funny is offense and offensive all the same root word here. <laughs> People forget to keep reading. Students, may you never forget. We should never take scripture out of context. If we're going to read the whole verse, let's read the whole verse. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Resolve, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Did I do that to my friend who heard us gossiping? No. No. Remember that the person in front of you, even online, has a name. They are not problems to be fixed or solved, but people to be loved. When you are in a fight with somebody, I pray that your first move is to pray. Ever been mad at your parents before? Don't look at your parents in the room. (laughs) But ever been mad at your parents before? This is a safe place. Just blink twice. Okay, cool. Your parent is sitting right next to you. Just blink twice, all right? Um, and the reason why <laughs> your parents went like this, <laughs> right? And then, parents in the room, have you ever been mad at your kid before? Blink twice, blink twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, is your first move to pray for them? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> Remember, how did Daniel love his enemies? He prayed he served them too. Never once did he ever speak badly of the people that he served. I May mean, your first move when you have a disagreement or conflict with somebody or a friend is about to have a friend fall out or even your parents, would the first move be to pray. And here's what I would tell you to Pray. All right. So if you're taking notes, which I'm sure hope you are, I need you to write this down. This is what I pray all the time when I'm dealing with friends who are constantly—we're always in a fight for some reason. Uh, my buddies who hurt my feelings, uh, even my wife. Okay. If um, she was here, she'd not, She went home early, and uh, she—this uh, is what I would say. Right. So write this down. God, comma. Give me the eyes to see them, insert their name, as you see them. God, give me the eyes to see them as you see them. Because in that moment, you'd you'd realize, oh, wait. Jesus didn't just die for my sins, but Jesus also died for whose? Theirs. Everyone's. You know what the hardest thing for me to actually process by walking with the Lord was I could, I could swallow that Jesus died for my sins. I celebrated that. What I couldn't do was Jesus also died for the sins of people against me. I would hold that as a grudge and resentment. And then yet, I would be like, wait, but God, forgive me for what I have done. Remember, your first move is to what? Pray. Pray. Because remember, people will know Jesus, by how we what? How we love one another, okay? Now, here's the thing. I say all of that, and if we're being really honest, are we going to do that perfectly all the time? <laughs> no, we won't. That's the reality. <laughs> I, le- I put a lofty goal on you. Really high thing. That's the standard of holiness, <laughs> The goal I put on you is to be like who? Jesus, right? That was the standard I gave you. You can't do it on your own. So here's your hope. Here we go. The next thing that we learn, right, that we need to be aware of is John 14 25. It talks about how Jesus ascends in heaven and that he gives us a divine helper. That helper is who? Anyone know? Holy Spirit, all right? Romans 6.10 says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now resides in you. The God of the universe now chooses to live where? And that is in you. Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah in the furnace, where is Jesus, right? He is in the furnace with them. Where is Jesus when you're in the heat of conflict and trial, persecution, when people are bullying you? Where is Jesus supposed to be? Well, he's empowering you and strengthening you and he's reminding you of who God is and who you are. The Holy Spirit will always remind you whose you are and who you are. The same God that you're encountering here is going to be the same God in your schools, your sports teams, your homes, your neighborhoods, your areas of influence, and even in your areas of struggle. It says that even in the mountaintops and in the valleys, where can I go from your spirit? Nowhere. He is there with us. Daniel was encouraged, loved, and supported by who? God, and who else? His friends. His friends. Remember his friends? Okay, so this is the last pit I'm going to leave with you, is this. There's two things that you can't do by yourself. Get married and be a Christian, okay? The joke hit the, the, joke hit the adults. <laughs> the kids were like, what? What? <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, Talk to your parents about it. But there's two things you can't do by yourself. Get married and be a Christian, okay? So it's really important. You need to find your people. You need to be part of a church. Get involved in your youth group. Be honest with one another where you need help. Pray for each other and encourage one another, okay? Look to your left. Look to your right. Look behind you and look in front of you. Ideally, these are the people that you're going to go down the hill with. And um, they're going to be the ones that, hey, I remember some of the things that we learned together. And ideally, we commit to reminding one another of who God is and who we are in light of the gospel. Okay? Ideally, we do that. And I just encourage you, it's really difficult. It's a really tough thing. This past year, God has blessed me with a community of guys uh, who I, when I'm struggling, I'll text them and I'll reach out for prayer. When I have a victory in my life, they celebrate with me. And people that I can be honest with. And they do the same thing for me. So my question for you is, okay, this is one that's rhetorical, so I don't need you to tell me. But who are your brothers and sisters in Christ that you can surround yourself with, who can uplift you, challenge you, and encourage you? You cannot do this life alone. You're going to forget. We are forgetful people. Ever have that moment when you're like, your parents are like, hey, please take out the trash. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good. And the next thing you know, you're like, they're like, hey, did you already say it? You're like, what, uh, what, what did you say? Take out the trash, yeah, I'll take out the trash. And then your mom's like, hey, take out the trash. And they use your middle name. Yeah? Right. yeah? That's how you know. That's how you know. Names are important. Okay. <laughs> My mom would always say, go do your work. And that's how you knew. So friends, last thing, to remember, hey, embrace the gospel, not just right now, but over time daily. Root yourself in who, which is God, and knowing his word. And know that he goes with you, and that he lives inside of you through the Holy Spirit. That he's given, and He's given you a community of believers to walk alongside with. Being resilient doesn't start with you doing more for Jesus. Please hear that. It starts and ends, like we saw in Daniel. Again and again and again, he was with Jesus through prayer, His Word, and His fellow companions. I don't need you to do more for God. Uh, There's implications for that later. But what I'm trying to say is I don't need you to earn your salvation anymore. To do that is to say that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross wasn't enough. What I do need you to do is fall more and more in love in God's word, God's people, and God. Okay? Let me pray. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Remember, place of trust. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And God, I pray for me and my friends as we recognize as we head down the hill, we got to retreat for a while and uh, just re, you know, recenter our souls and be encouraged and refreshed in you, God. And so, God, I just pray for me and my friends that we would remember that we need to be in your word and in your pe- and with your people and so that we can get to know you more. So maybe we fall more in love with your word, your people, and you. We love you. And probably things your son's name we said.